Week three is upon us, and we're checking in on the big storylines. Does Xavier Rhodes and Mike Evans count as the next great boxing match? Will the Bengals finally get in the end zone? And what on God's green earth did we do to deserve the Colts versus the Browns this week? We'll answer all that and more. Let's run up the score. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to Run Up the Score. I'm Donald Wagonblast. With me is my brother, Scott Wagonblast, and our friend, Tom Hillier. Hey, everybody. How does it feel to get another episode under your belt, Tom, after being gone for so long? It feels it feels great. Yeah, we're wearing a ha- very stylish belt today. You too. are Don actually, actually. just complimented. and it's not your uh, fantasy championship belt either. It's actually a different belt. Yeah, it is actually a belt that holds my pants up, but I am more yeah. proud of the hardware right. variety. So uh, we've actually got a big week of returns on the show this week because we've got some fan favorite segments coming back, and that's actually how we're going to start our week three recap. So. Do we want to start on the positive side, gentlemen, or the negative side? Scott, I'll let you make the call. I'm shutting it down. All right. <laughs> Perfect. Let's shut Tafford, people down. Give it to me. Shut it down. Who I'm shutting down? Um, we'll start with QBs. How's that yeah, sound? Let's, let's go round table with each player. Um, I'm shutting down Mariota. I just really don't like the matchup against the Seahawks. Don't really see uh, their receivers being able to get much separation against a great class of corners, obviously, and D-backs over there in Seattle. And I think the Titans kind of found out that they can really beat up on some teams on the ground. And I think that that is really their best chance of beating Seattle. So I think that that's where they'll be. Mariota, not a big fan of him this week. Shut him down, Johnny Taffer. Tom, who you got at quarterback? Um, A guy that I do really like lately. I actually started him very risky. It felt very risky, but it it seemed safe now. Um, Trevor Simeon. So he's lighting the world on fire, the fantasy world on fire. He has seven total touchdowns, but he's going against the Bills this week at home. The Bills are home, and he had been home for the first two games, and they have allowed zero touchdowns. Now, I don't think the Bills are as prolific as, let's say, Seattle, right? but I don't think Trevor Simeon is even as prolific as, let's say, Mariota. Right? Yeah. So I think this is... He's a good fantasy asset. Maybe if you have him, you want to keep him. But he, you can't be rolling him out there every week. Don't get used to number two overall quarterback Trevor Simeon. With a good Trevor Simeon performance this week, though, I think this is a great sign for him being that every week starter. And we see guys like this emerge every week. I do like the call to fade him this week, Tom, because I think with his DFS price, he's going to be in a lot of lineups. The Bills didn't look that great last week. They only scored three points. But their defense has quietly allowed 21 points in two weeks. And you're right. They look very good. They're going home. It's a tight matchup. Scott, same thing with Mariota. They got these these guys who we love this year. I love Mariota this year. But it's just not the right week to play them. So if you have a different option, go for it. My shut it down for quarterback this week is Drew Brees. And we get road Drew Brees, but... Carolina, Don hates Drew Brees. I do. <laughs> I, I feel so bad about it, too, because he's such an awesome person. But on the road, Drew Brees, we know that there's a distinct discrepancy in his production. On the road in Carolina, Drew Brees is even worse. Yep. 
He's never thrown three touchdowns against, and that's that's a tough barometer to get to against any team, but this Carolina defense looks better. You know, they let up three points in week one, and they backed it up with another three-point showing in week two. They're coming home. You know, you got to hope that this offense can figure it out, and I'm going to get to something in my plum picks about why I like Carolina against the Saints this week. But for Drew Brees, it's just not the right matchup for me. I understand if you're starting him in season long because you've got better options, but DraftKings, Fandle, get somebody else. Yeah, the Panthers' defense has looked very formidable this year. Yeah. So let's move now to the running back position. Tom, who are you shutting down at running back this week? Okay, back to me. little uh, reversal counterclockwise Snake now. draft, baby. It's all right. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready for it. I'm shutting down by Lil Pal. I know that you guys, you know, some of you out there are already ready to shut him down, yep. right? But My hand's up. Yeah. I mean, Matt Forte is getting more work than he is. We've talked about this before. Um, it's not the best matchup in the world, and I get that it's not the worst matchup in the world, but it's a divisional matchup. These teams play each other tough, that kind of thing, and I expect the the Dolphins to run away with it, and I just don't see Bilal Powell being overly involved. You think that he would be. He's the guy who's generally going to get the receptions. Common sense says so. Right. But he hasn't been. So it's very strange. Uh, And even if they hang in, you know, tough divisional game, the other storyline, then I don't see where he gets involved there. It's like, regardless of what happens, he's not getting enough market share of the backfield to justify a start. So confusing for how good he was last year towards the end of last year. And I think there's still hope for him that, you know, if you're in a in a league, if you have him in season long, that you maybe not cut him yet, but you're definitely shutting him down for this week and, and weeks moving forward. Yeah, so we should say, you know, we're kind of pivoting this segment into more of starts and sits rather than... Um, Just guys we're completely ignoring. For guys we think you should drop and guys we think... Yeah, John Taffer called us and he was like, "You guys need to use my drop more." So, yeah. uh, you know, we we got to shut it down for Johnny Taffer. So, um, I think that I'll go next, yeah, and sure. um, I'm shutting down Big Len Fournette. I just really don't like the matchup. I don't like the fact that he has to go and play in London for the Jaguars. That really never seems to mesh very well. They they typically don't play that great over there. I know they beat the Colts, I think it was last year, in an absolutely uggo game. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of what I expect. Um, Ravens' defense has been absolutely lights out. I expect the box to be fully stacked all against Big Len Fournette. And he's, I just don't see him scoring a touchdown. I don't see him being too relevant this week. We talked about it in the week two recap. I don't think there's been a defense that's looked better than the Baltimore Ravens this week. And I think that that's going to continue against you know Blake Bortles, obviously. My shut it down candidate, as I mentioned before, or as I, well, I didn't mention it, um, LaShawn McCoy. In that same <laughs> game where Tom has his shutdown uh, quarterback, I'm shutting down LaShawn McCoy. You saw what Denver's defense did to Ezekiel Elliott. And granted, I think LaShawn McCoy and Ezekiel Elliott, they play different games. LaShawn McCoy is going to be more apt to busting runs outside than Ezekiel Elliott. And I think he's going to be less apt to just quit on plays like Ezekiel Elliott did on that interception. You certainly saw Zeke on the sidelines with the quit in his eyes. Yep. I And really, you can't say that at all about Shady. The Bills have not been that great since he's been there, but his production has stayed relatively at that elite level. So, you know, it's a different breed, but I still don't think, I, th- I still think there's a cap on his production this week. And if I'm if I've got him in season long, I'm still pretty confident, but he's not worth the investment in uh, daily fantasy this week. Yeah, I think that the Broncos just had a week to learn how to stop him, 
and because they were able to funnel Zeke so well. I think that there's there's no reason for them to not do the same exact thing that they did and make Tyrod make those 50 pass attempts that Dak made as well. And because of that, I agree with you fully. He was actually the other shut it down I had listed. But then once I saw that you had him, I was like, okay, I'll pick somebody else. Give, give the fans you know a little bit more info. Great yeah, minds. piggybacking even on what Scott is saying is also part of the reason I don't like Simeon so much. If they just destroy them right. on defense – then they don't need to be passing. They don't need to be doing all these things. You want the barn burner games. You want the quarterbacks in a barn burner. You don't want, you know, seven to three. Right. Absolutely. All right. So, Scotty, who's your shutdown wide receiver this week? I'm shutting down Amari Cooper because Josh Norman will be shutting down Amari Cooper. As I've stated probably throughout the entire podcast since the very beginning, I'm a huge Josh Norman fan and believer, and he has been lights out this year. And I expect that to happen again. Amari Cooper isn't this elite receiver that everyone pegs him out to be. He hasn't made that jump yet. Yeah, and I was going to say yet. Right, yeah. You know, there's still obviously plenty of time in his career, and I think Crabtree does a lot in taking away from him. Uh, I think Crabtree is going to have a good week. But for this week, Amari Cooper getting the clamps from Josh Norman. Don't expect a lot. I like this pick a lot. Because I just think the Raiders have figured out they don't need Amari Cooper to get 13 targets to win. You know, they've got Crabtree, who is one of the best red zone weapons in the league right now. They've also got another really great red zone weapon in Beast Mode himself, Marshawn Lynch. So if they notice that a Cooper can't get that separation against Josh Norman, they just won't throw to him. And I think Derek Carr has really shown a lot of maturity. He's not forcing throws, hasn't thrown an interception yet this year. He's looked really good and he's looked really smart, which... When you've got an elite level corner against your emerging wide receiver, there might be some games where he shows his his young and his lack of experience. So yeah, I think this is a tough week to start Amari Cooper this week. Tom, who do you have for shut it down at wide receiver? Um, it's kind of a relatively new receiver on the fantasy scene this year. I mean, he was productive last year, but you were probably thinking about starting him if you picked him up. And that's Marquise Lee. He got 12 targets last week, 76 yards, 7 catches. And that's a good performance in sure any is. format. And it's encouraging. And I'm definitely not advising you to drop him. But as we mentioned with this London game, he's going to the Ravens. They're going to play him a lot tougher. And I think, you know, Blake Bortles on this long trip versus a very good defense right now, the number one defense in the NFL, it's going to be a really tough road ahead. For I him. think even when you go across the pond, we believe that defense travels and that's like a <laughs> nice <laughs> one. If I land two, if I see, right. Um, Tom, do you don't see the chance of the junk time Jags coming out in this game and giving Lee at least a little bit of redemption value in that, in that later part of the London game? Well, here's the only thing with that is when you're playing for the junk time Jags, it's basically Bortles or bust in my opinion, because now you're, you're playing, is it going to be Lee? Is it going to be Hearns? You know, you don't know exactly which wide receiver is going to get that junk time. So just by virtue of getting there, you haven't necessarily achieved anything. You're still waiting for the next thing, and all that has to line up. So it's it's too much for me to roll out into... Uh, and Hearns has the garbage time record. <laughs> yeah. He's always been the greatest garbage time receiver for the Jags, so... I, I mean, I know how that probably doesn't mean much, but he did score another touchdown in garbage time last week. Very true. All righty, so my shut it down wide receiver is Odell Beckham. I don't think we saw enough 
from him last week. The know, Giants should have shut him down last week. He wasn't ready to play. Absolutely. Um, this one know, could come back on you, though. It Big could. time. Well, so could LaShawn McCoy <laughs> and Drew Brees. But I, I kind of swung for the fences because this is the first week we're doing this. Love it. Um, but the reason is, is I just think, you know, they, they ru- he I think he rushed himself back more than the team did. And the team was like, well, we couldn't have looked worse without you. So if you are feeling ready, like we're going to throw you out there. And he just wasn't ready. He didn't have that explosiveness. He wasn't winning his routes. Like he had to make all these contested catches. Odell is one of those guys. He's really become one of those guys where he gets so wide open and just like, what happened? Yeah. But it wasn't like that against Detroit. They're playing um, the Eagles last week who... You know, who's going to know how to play Odell Beckham better than a division rival? So I think it could be tough sledding for him again this week, which kind of is a reason why I have my tight end plum pick lined up for that game, which we'll get to again in a little bit. The, but let's go to our shut it down tight ends. The, well, just real oh, quick, the, the Eagles do a great job of getting pressure with just their front four, and the Giants line has been absolutely atrocious. So I agree with you. It's very possible Odell has another kind of junker. And he's a bit of a slow starter. Yeah, so I'll I'll shut down Tyler Eifert. Um, obviously, I was huge on him. Bold, my bold prediction was that he would lead all tight ends and touchdowns. He still um, can. He, he he obviously still can, but he's a little dinged up right now. And the Packers haven't even allowed twenty receiving yards yet to tight ends. Jimmy Graham, I believe, had eight yards, and uh, Austin Hooper had seven. And so the line against the Packers, if you're a tight end for the year so far, is five catches for 15 yards. So shut down Eifert. We're recording this on Wednesday night. Tyler Eifert did not practice today. So even if you were planning on rolling with Eifert, you're going to need to keep checking Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning. So for those DraftKings FanDuel lineups, if you know you got you got a guy who's might not even play, you're definitely going to look elsewhere. Oh, yeah. And now for season long, like you definitely need to have another option ready. And Scott says you should. And I Definitely agree with that. Tom, who's your shut down shut it down tight end? Um, it's very similar in the health aspects. He didn't practice today either, Jimmy Graham. Mm-hmm. Um, if he gets out there, the injury kind of has seemed, the reports today, are almost like escalating in severity. He right. wasn't one of those ones that was originally on the, the injury docket. But, I mean, he could use a week off. He has nine yards. Yeah. That's it. If this was one of those situations where you – uh, you say, okay, player A has this, that, and the other thing, yeah. and it's Jason Witten. Like, he has the most receptions in the NFL right now. Um, he has X amount of touchdowns, and then you go to Jimmy Graham. Player B, he has four catches and nine yards. You know, yep. it's a no-brainer, and Jimmy Graham is probably out there. Guys like that are probably out there. The Seahawks have started slow once again. Something that I was really... Is it 2015, 2016, or 2017? Yeah, something that I thought here. we would avoid seeing this year. Me um, too. So, it's once again, it's not drop this guy, but it's like, let's wait and see. You've got these other tight ends out there. It's been a good season so far for tight ends. There's productivity out there. You can get it done, and we're going to go over some guys we love in that position too. Yeah. I am shutting down OJ Howard and Cameron Brait. Um Partially because of their team, partially because of the team that they're playing. So let's talk about the team they're playing first, the Vikings, right? Kobe Fleener doesn't really do a whole lot uh, in the game against the Vikings. Last week scores a touchdown. Jesse James, two touchdowns against the Browns. And we talked about all you have to do is have a pulse to play well against the Browns. But he comes into Minnesota, or Minnesota comes into Pittsburgh. He does nothing. Right. It's lining up that... 
Cameron Brayton and O.J. Howard are about to do the same thing. And they're essentially splitting snaps right down the middle. O.J. Howard did outsnap Cameron Brayton, but I think both of them are going to be tough to trust with that you know, diluted snap share with that tough matchup against the Vikings defense. Yeah, these are two guys that like maybe in a different week we would say, oh, you know, we're shutting down Eifert, but maybe you want to throw in O.J. Howard or Cameron Bray. But you're right, you know, the matchups kind of dictate that it's not going to be their week either. Luckily, we'll have some other guys that we can bring up for you. Yeah, just the cannibalization, you know, you'd rather throw out a tight end who is the receiving tight end on the team. Right. And with them... It has remained to, it remains to be seen which one is getting more targets, which one is doing that. It's too early to tell. Um, clearly, I was on the Cameron Brait side of things to begin with. Right. I think these guys both still have value, um, but you know, not this week. Not this week. But there are certain players this week who we just have just a really good feeling about. You know, I can feel it. Can you guys? Yeah, I think so. I can feel it down in my plums. That's right. Our plum picks have returned. We are bringing back the players that, honestly, we're not even really basing this off of maybe even statistical analysis. We just have a really good feeling about these players for this particular week. We talked about how guys we had good feelings about in season long. Our Zay Joneses, our David and Jokus, our Carson Palmers. Maybe not so hot on some of those picks, <laughs> but some other ones we've really hit on. Um, so... Scott, let's start with quarterbacks. Who are you really feeling this week? Okay. Um, one of the guys I feel deep down in my plums, and I'm actually going to combine it with one of Tom's guys because I think this is a very interesting combo that you can stack in Daily Fantasy. Jacoby Brissett is my plum pick quarterback, and Tom thinks the perfect stack would be... Jack Doyle. And I couldn't agree more. So... The Browns have been getting lit up through the air, and Brissett has actually looked pretty comparable as a quarterback. This is now his third week, I believe, with the team, so his grasp of the playbook is only getting stronger and stronger. His rapport with Jack Doyle was great last week against Arizona, who was all supposed to be very good against the tight end. I expect Brissett to throw at least two touchdowns this week. He can also run, and um, you know if he gets you that... 40 to 50 rushing yards and maybe throws a touchdown or two. You know, the next thing you know, this guy is, and he's cost nothing. He, he cost, I, I was telling Tom earlier, um, I stacked Brissett and Jack Doyle in my DraftKings lineup and they were cheaper than Julio Jones. I mean, I'm playing it, Jack Doyle everywhere. <laughs> FanDuel, DraftKings, every lineup I have. I mean, I'm dead serious. Last week, eight targets, eight receptions. From Brissett. Right. So the connection is real. It is strong. The The path of scoring for a tight end against the Browns is free and clear. I mean, this is the game. Like, I'm willing to die on this hill. <laughs> Jack Doyle is going to score this week. I'm flexing him with Gronk. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Love it. He is going to score this week. It's funny because, like, I was literally going to use, like, a this is my hill to die on for my yeah. plum pick at tight end. <laughs> um, but then I switched it, so I don't have to do that. So, um, so Tom, who is your plum pick for quarterback then? My plum pick for quarterback is Matthew Stafford. Um, basically, all you have to do is just watch him play. As an NFL quarterback, he's been great. Yep. Last week, he didn't have um, an insane amount of yards to support the didn't performance. But it's because he didn't have to. When he's playing the Falcons, he's going to have to. Right. right. I mean, Agreed. this is this is the exact opposite of that 
Trevor Simeon matchup that I was mentioning before, right? You want the points. You want the barn burner. You want the high-scoring game. Right. And you get that with the Falcons pretty much like every time. And they're playing on turf, so the Falcons might have some of that home field, home turf speed in Detroit. Which is gonna, which could turn that game into a really high-scoring game. Yeah, and you see uh, Eric Ebron have a good night on Monday. You know, even in the red zone, a guy who has been missing there in the past. So to just add a new red zone weapon. Yep. And even though he's got Marvin Jones, who's scoring every week now, he's got uh, Kenny Galladay, who's doing his. He's doing his best out there. Yeah. And he's got Golden Tate, who's, you know, reception king. So like And you could call Theoretic a receiver pretty much absolutely. too. But we'll get into more of his aspects a little and later. And Abdullah even looked good, which will open up the passing game. For sure. So um I'm all systems go on Matthew Stafford this week. If you have him, start him. I'm clearly starting him over guys like Russell Wilson, et cetera, et cetera. You guys are just lucky it took me until week three to talk about Jay Cutler. <laughs> My plum pick at quarterback is Jay Cutler. I loved what I saw from the man. Smoking Jay was out there game managing, checking down to Jarvis Landry when he had nothing deep downfield, taking his shots to Devontae Parker and Kenny Stills when he thought he had him. I mean, this was a Chargers defense who we all think is a, one of the more underrated units in the league. He did what he needed to do to win that game. He's not going to need to do any of that against the Jets. I think it's full systems go. I think Devontae Parker's in for a huge game. He was almost my plum pick at wide receiver. I almost stacked my plum picks. That's how much I'm feeling Jay Cutler this week. I mean, I've talked about playing him in the leagues and playing him in DFS this week too, and I really don't like him at all. Um, But the matchup is just there. The Jets looked atrocious and, you know, yeah, he's probably going to throw two touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I'm playing Devontae Parker here, there, everywhere. I think it's a Devontae Parker week, big time. I'd even throw out Kenny Stills if you needed a, a flyer on somebody. Yeah. And uh, obviously Jarvis Landry, especially in your PPR formats. But the touchdowns are going to have to come. And I think this week it's a Devontae Parker coming out party. All right. Yeah. Devontae's Inferno. Uh, let's move now to our running backs. We're kind of all over the place with these plum picks. I love it. Yeah. Uh, but Scott, let's go with your plum picks at running back. Mine kind of piggybacks off of uh, Tom's quarterback plum pick with Stafford. Uh, the the player that one of the players that he has the best rapport with is Theo Riddick, and the Falcons have just been owned by pass catching running backs. Tariq Cohen did basically whatever he wanted against them, and you guys saw the game that Ty Montgomery had. Um, I expect Theo Riddick to be out there for a large majority of the snaps. I don't think that the Lions will be winning this game, so I expect maybe six or seven catches and a touchdown for Riddick. You've actually just convinced me to change one of my lineups right there in my <laughs> head. It makes perfect sense. I didn't think about the uh, Cohen, Montgomery. You know, it just lines up too nicely. Yeah, I mean, they've just been getting owned by running backs, running routes out of the backfield, and Theo Riddick's like maybe the best one. Yeah, and I've got a similar one here, James White. Um, I know that if you saw him last week, you're like, wow, well, that's, you know, got to start him. But when you think about James White versus the Saints, I mean, it's like so obvious you start him versus the Saints, right? Right. They're weak versus a running back. They're weak versus a receiver, which he pretty much is. So that lines up perfectly. When you think about Houston, they have, you know, a better a better defensive front, better linebacking, but a lot of quick passes. Yeah, but these quick passes will beat those defensive that that defensive front and Cushing is not even playing. Right. So, I mean, with the amount of touches that James White is getting and with the missing piece in Cushing and with 
just it's kind of like a leapfrog, you know. You get to like dump it over these guys. You get to avoid their best players just right. by virtue of the play call. James White could really go on a tear this week. Yeah, I think it's a terror that he's he picked up with last week and will continue to maybe even push through the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm just saying you don't need the Saints to start this guy. Right. You can start him versus what seems to be a tough matchup. My plum picks at running back are both running backs from the Carolina Panthers. I think one of them, at least one of them is going to score. I'm hoping that both of them score because we really need to get Christian McCaffrey touchdown, especially after that egregious miss that Cam Newton had on the goal line last week. I could have made that throw. I would have made that throw. I'm our flag football quarterback. I know I would have made that throw. Scott, we run that route in the backyard like every day. But um, I do think this is a great week. The Saints defense has just given it up to everybody. James White had a great week. Go back to Mike Gillisley. He actually had 69 rushing yards last week and a touchdown. So both, both facets of the Patriots run game performed extremely well against the Saints. And the Panthers can't trust Cam Newton right now. So they're going to rely on that ground game. They're going to rely on the little checkdowns. And heaven forbid he actually connects on one of these things to McCaffrey. I mean, it could be lights out. This could really be a coming out party for Christian McCaffrey. And this is now the second week that I've said that. (laughs) Yeah, and to go back to my Jonathan Stewart truthers out there, this is a Jonathan Stewart week. Yep, He's unowned in a lot of leagues. Like You can just plug this guy in and get a 10-point performance from a running back. In a a league where I'm particularly thin at wide receiver, I'm actually foregoing starting a wide receiver in a full PPR league so I can start Jonathan Stewart at my flex. I believe in him. I really do. And I know that I made the the big claims about him for week one, and he pretty much held up. He had the touchdown. He had a a good helping of yards. And then on on a following drive, he had two goal line opportunities in a row like and goal right. rushing attempts and he didn't convert them but he's great at that he's great after contact you know if he converts that i mean i nailed it on that one then and right. i think this is the exact same kind of situation Don. right the I same totally agree the same the Saints, type of game script the 49ers it's the same yep right so kind of to piggyback off that i actually my plum pick at receiver is devin funches um, I just think that there's a lot of targets to go around right now with, with the absence of Greg Olson. I do think a lot of those targets will go to McCaffrey, but how many is McCaffrey really going to get? He's not going to get 10, 15 targets out of the backfield, so they need to be diluted somewhere else. Benjamin still gets a gets a healthy dose, whether Olsen's on the field or not. I think those targets are going to go to Devin Funches. I think he catches a deep touchdown against a completely burnable Saints defense. And, you know, kind of going along the same lines of um, Brissett and and Doyle, this guy is, you have to scroll for miles to find him on DFS. Yeah, I I really like this pick. And some people might get confused because my plum pick is the Panthers running backs. Yours is their wide receiver. But there's room for all three of these guys to produce, Absolutely. especially against, you know, we can't say it enough, the Saints defense. They made Sam Bradford look like Tom Brady, and then they made Tom Brady look like, you know, goat Tom Brady right. again. So, I mean, this is an off, This is a defense that you need to be targeting in DFS. It's especially, I mean, you got to start anybody that plays the Saints on your season-long teams as well. Definitely. So, Tom, who's your plum pick wide receiver? I almost just changed it up on the fly, and I I keep doing that, but I'm going to stick with what I originally had intended because we've been doing a lot of PPR talk. This is a guy that is just nasty and standard this week. I truly, truly believe it. Deshaun Jackson. He's one of the best standard plays of all time. You just got to pick the right week, right? and I think this is that week. You look back at last week, Antonio Brown gets to match up against Xavier Rhodes, right? So he's not going to get his usual – 
helping right. the fantasy points. And who rose up in his absence? Martavis Bryant. Bunch of yards, touchdown. That's one play for Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. And I think he'll get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jameis Winston ready to unleash, ready to unload. They didn't have quite the matchup that they could just do that with in uh, their week one, week two. Right. So you didn't really get to see Deshaun Jackson yet, but we know he's healthy. We know he's still fast. And we know that that secondary got beat by Martavis Bryant. I like it. I like it a lot. I saw that as your pump pick. I was like, I can't wait to hear what Tom has to say about this. You really sold me on it because we know we know Mike Evans is going to get Xavier Rhodes. So having Deshaun Jackson yeah, I out didn't, there, I didn't mention. I mentioned the Antonio Brown thing, but I didn't bring it all the way home. Yeah. So thank you. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> That's why there's three of us on yeah, this podcast. Obviously, Rhodes is going to have his attention and his hands full with Mike Evans. Yeah. So for who's sure. that leave? Exactly. So it was he was your number one waiver claim. On the recap episode of week two, Scott, he's my plum pick wide receiver. Let's roll with Rashard Higgins. I mean, we talked about it. This this Colts-Browns game, I mean, it could be like, I don't know, like, like the new Taylor Swift song. Like, it's such a disaster, but you can't stop paying attention to it. And it might actually be, like, pretty entertaining just to, like, see, like, how messy it's going to be. But, you know, we talked about it. Rashard Higgins comes in after Corey Coleman breaks his hand, gets 11 targets. He's young. He's got Kaiser's eye. He had Kevin Hogan's eye when he was in. So whoever's at quarterback and against this Colts defense who looks hopeless in the secondary without Vontae Davis, I think Higgins continues his unexpected breakout this week. I'm rolling with Rashard Higgins. I'm actually starting him in a league. Obviously, I agree. I want to start him. I'm looking to trade so I can start him. All right, so Scott, Jack Doyle was your plum pick tight end, right? No, that was Tom's. Oh, so it was Tom's. All yeah. Right, so yours is? Mine is Benjamin Watson. Um, he had a good week last week, and I know a lot of people probably won't be too enthused by it, but A.J. Boye, Jalen Ramsey, both going to not be covering him. You know, They'll be focused on the receivers, and, the, and those two corners have really done a good job for the Jags this year. I think that the way the Ravens are going to move the ball through the air is going to be through your boy, Buck Allen, but also through Benjamin Watson. I expect him to have another solid week. It's awesome that Buck Allen's playing right across the street from Buckingham Palace <laughs> in London this week. Um, that is cool. <laughs> I was going to go with Marty B. He was going to be my hill to die on this week, but I think we're going to go James Bond and die another day. My plum pick at tight end this week is Evan Ingram. I think he's the real deal. Um, you know, the most targeted, the most receptions on the Giants this year so far. Eli is in full on panic mode basically as soon as he snaps the ball half the time. Yep. And Ingram's just running these close routes. I think he's kind of got his eye on the backfield when he's running his routes. And he's kind of becoming that safety valve alongside Shane Vereen. And, you know, he scored the touchdown. They set up a great play for him. And that's why they got him. They want him to score touchdowns in the red zone. So that's the kind of guy that I want. Yes, Odell's going to get his looks. But like I said in our shut it down, he's just not right yet. And we need to see it on the field before he's the number one goal line target for the Giants. And until then, Evan Engram is a really good play. He's been my every week starter at tight end so far this year in our hometown league. I don't even think it has so much to do with Odell. Like, obviously, they struggled having a... <laughs> no, go ahead. Go. Keep going. <laughs> obviously, they... Don's throwing up his hands in the air. <laughs> no, because I, I know what you're about to say, and I can't believe I forgot to mention it. Yeah, so... <laughs> They're struggling in the red zone last year, so what do they do? They bring in Brandon Marshall, but he hasn't done anything. So the big help in the red zone has been Evan Ingram. Yep, So for sure. 
you know, I got to tend to agree. And uh, Kelsey put in a fair share of work against the uh, Eagles, so it's possible that, you know, maybe the Eagles might struggle a little bit against tight ends. Yeah, Kelsey, 8 for 103 and a touchdown. I'm not saying Evan Engram is on Kelsey's level yet, but, I mean, that's what they got him to do is to be that kind of Travis Kelsey type, that athletic pass-catching tight end. Yep. And he's even blocking more now. So if they can't, if they don't take him off the field, he, his value goes up even more. Absolutely. All right. It was so good to have those segments back. And just so all of you know, we're still throwing around. We're still brainstorming. We're probably going to be coming back with more segments uh, in the coming weeks. So, you know, we hope you enjoyed them. We certainly do. Um, and we can't wait. Let's just quickly go through each of the games now. We've got about... I'd say 20 minutes left before we really start getting long in the tooth with this episode. So let's start with the Thursday night game. A weirdly interesting game because I think these two teams are going to be able to put points up on each other. We've got the Rams at the 49ers, the inglorious battle for Carolina or for California. Um, <laughs> you know, I think this is a game where Jared Goff could throw the ball well. I think this is a game where Todd Gurley could go nuts again. And I don't see any anything that's going to slow down Carlos Hyde on that Rams defense. Running backs in this game. I think it's a story of running backs. I absolutely love Hyde this week, and I always love Gurley. Yeah, it's totally a Gurley week. It's the same thing as I was you know, promoting Jonathan Stewart versus the 49ers. I'm totally going to promote Todd Gurley versus the 49ers. But you know, if you have Todd Gurley, you're probably starting him anyway. No doubt. All right. So, like I said, the Buckingham Palace game, we've got... Baltimore going to London to visit the Jags at their alternate home stadium in London. Um, I think, like we said, this is going to be a big Buck Allen week. We actually pretty much covered yeah, this Yeah, we one. pretty much covered this whole thing. Yeah, there's only one player to play. It's Buck Allen and maybe uh, Benjamin Watson if you're to bind. And if you believe, Scott, which you should. Uh, yeah. Starting yeah. A, starting the 1 o'clock slate, the what on earth did we do to deserve this game of the year? Browns at Colts without Andrew Luck. I mean... This is going to be, like I said, you know. I mean, honestly, I think we did a pretty good job on this game, yeah. too. <laughs> I was going to say that, but I think you said something earlier when we were just uh, riffing off Mike. Oh, yeah. I think that the. Yeah, exactly. T.Y. Hilton, you know, the Browns defense is so burnable and he is just so fast and he's he is a great receiver still. So it it's kind of like a. You know, I don't want to compare him fully to Deshaun Jackson, but maybe this is a Deshaun Jackson week for him where he may make all his points on one catch, where he has a 50, 60-yard bomb touchdown, and he may be worth a look and a start. I'm just worried because this is the ultimate, like, if not now, then when week for him. I think people are really going to start jumping ship on T.Y. Hilton if he doesn't perform this week. Fair. So I hope he does. In a Um, league where I'm loaded, I actually traded for him, just waiting yeah, waiting I mean, luck out, kind yeah. of. You know, if if we can get luck back in October, those T.Y. Hilton shares that you get are all of a sudden going to be a lot more valuable. Absolutely. Moving on now, Giants Eagles. We did mention a lot of players in this game as well. Um, you're not playing Eli. You can't play Eli. If you're believing me, which you should, Evan Engram's a good start. He's still, I think, fairly cheap in DFS. And like we said, the Eagles gave it up to Travis Kelsey a lot. I can't believe I forgot to say that. I'm still like so <laughs> mad at myself. Um, for the Eagles, you can't start Legarrette Blunt. No, no, I don't think he can. It would have um, to be desperation. I'm starting even Chris Johnson over him yeah. in, a, in a very uh, big league where you know talent is thin right. at that position. One more thing, Janoris Jenkins expected to play for the Giants this week, so that might muddle the Alshon Jeffrey Torrey Smith question. But I think it keeps 
open the discussion about Nelson Aguilar's resurgence and the emergence of Zach Ertz as well. Zach Ertz is an every week starter at tight end until further notice. And Ebron just had his way with the Giants. Uh, you know, I guess it was maybe their linebackers or safeties. Whoever tried to cover Eric Ebron did a horrible job, and he's not really the tight end that I think Zach Ertz is. Zach Ertz, another great play. Yeah. Uh, moving on now, Dolphins, Jets. We mentioned Jay Cutler. We mentioned Devontae Parker. Tom, you mentioned you want to stay away from Bilal Powell and pretty much the entire Jets backfield. Scott, can you sell me on Jermaine Curse this week and have me actually buy it? Or Maybe, if you're willing to listen. Um, I mean, they're going to throw the whole game, and he's their best receiver. So that's really the only thing that I was playing on when I said that last week. Maybe it's a little tougher this week because Miami kind of knows the Jets a little better. And I do think at a certain point that Miami will just be running the air out of the football with JJ. Broncos, Bills now. Tom, we'll go to you for this one. I didn't even think about how much of a slop fest this game could be until you mentioned Simeon on your shut it down. I agree. I think it's going to be very low scoring. This game's got like 20 to 13 written all over it if the Bills can get in the end zone. So yeah. what do you do you see any value on the Bills outside of Shady this week? Maybe Charles Clay. I mean, because he's once again when we talk about the tight ends, we're not so concerned with the secondary because they're very often guarded by like the linebacking core, right? right? So Charles Clay is actually a decent start this week. I'd still roll him out there if I invested in him like I have, and I will. Um, on the Broncos side of the ball, I definitely don't think you can just expect that Emmanuel Sanders performance that you got no. last week. As much as you'd week. want to. I would love that. But um, I'm a wise man, you know, and I don't chase the points. Right. So even where I started him last week, I'm sitting him this week. It's just I just don't see it there. Demarius Thomas, I'd be more keen to uh, start him than Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, the only thing with with adding to Charles Clay, Witten had himself a good game against the the uh, Broncos defense. Doesn't mean Charles Clay will, but you know it seems like maybe the tight end is a is a point of weakness for the Broncos D. Let's move now to Saints Panthers. I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum. Where you've got Panthers, you're starting them. Where you want to take a chance against the Saints defense, you can take it this week. We think I think this might be a pretty good chance for a get-right game for Cam. He needs it he badly. We're, we're still rolling with Michael Thomas, obviously, because we took him very early. But has Brandon Coleman entered the wide receiver three slash flex conversation yet? I don't know. Has he? <laughs> he's getting close, huh, guys? He Maybe, sure is. <laughs> I would say, like in a twelve-man, he's probably workable into a lineup. For me. I'm not worried about Michael Thomas or no. anything like that. I'd be happy to put Michael Thomas out there this week. I do um, definitely understand the Drew Brees concerns. But once again, you draft Drew Brees so high, this might be why you don't like him so much because now you don't want to get another quarterback on your roster. Right. So if you're just Drew Brees and Drew Brees alone, then go for it. But if you have a Godspeed. spot to burn, if you can get a Matthew Stafford, if for whatever reason your league has left him available – that's an example where I, w I really would start Matthew Stafford over him. Steelers at the Bears. The Falcons defense had trouble at Soldier Field uh, on that you know disgusting mess of a field that they have and their disgusting mess of a team. Um, do you see the Steelers' offense, Scott, being slowed down by that field, or do you think it'll be a pretty quick walk for them? Um, I don't see them struggling too much because I've actually really liked what I've seen from the Steelers' defense. I think they're an awesome streaming option for this week. Um, and I also fully believe that this is the Le'Veon Bell week. 
on that field, like you said. Maybe it's a little sloppy, and Le'Veon just cuts them up. We know how Big Ben has struggled um, playing on the road and, and things like that. So I think that this is a Le'Veon Bell week. Everyone who owned Le'Veon Bell, I think it's time to start to get excited. Yeah, I mean, it's got to come sometime, right? Yeah, I think I think this. I really do think that this is the week because, like I said, Ben on the road. I I feel like that the Steelers have to know that in some way, so they're like, okay, Ben's not good on the road. Let's just feed Le'Veon, and I think this is the week that he pops off. Let's Absolutely. do the short stuff, keep him encouraged, keep him happy. Right. Also, cool that the Steelers' defense has turned into a three-week startable defense. Yeah, I know. I drafted them in a league, and I I haven't dropped them yet. Exactly. The <laughs> Bradford situation, and now we've got this matchup. So. Pretty cool. Yeah. How about Tariq Cohen this week? Do we believe? Oh, I, I don't see believe. how you can't. I mean, we were talking about it earlier. Like, Tariq Cohen is my fantasy running back. So, like, I, I think that Tariq Cohen is matchup proof at this point. For me, um, I'm a little less enthused. If Howard sits, I mean, you got to play him at right. that point. But if you have other good options, I can see why you'd sit him. Full point PPR. I would have to play him in full point PPR. I think he's if you, done if too you've much. Got him there, you've got something special, and you've got at least an RB two out of it or a flex. So I I can't see why you wouldn't put him in. Howard, like as most of you probably already know, he was spotted with a sling on his right arm uh, after the after the uh, Buccaneers game. There's been no report, no updated reports about whether he's practiced on Wednesday or not. So just certainly something that you're going to need to keep your eye on. Let's move now. Falcons-Lions, we talked about this game. It's going to be a shootout. If you have a Lion that you were considering starting, I don't understand how you would have a better option for that game. Stafford's looked great. Ryan looked really good at home on the turf field. They got Julio involved. Even still, with you know four catches and 96 yards in the first half, it still seemed like they should have gotten Julio involved more. Maybe this is the week for that. Sanu looked good. The running backs for Atlanta have been really impressive. I was really worried about what Shanahan leaving would mean for that backfield. They still want to get both of those guys carries and get both of them meaningful carries in the red zone. So I like everybody who I could possibly like in this game. I'm licking my chops for this game too. Um, Devontae Freeman has kind of taken over as more of the carry guy, which I think it was more of a split last year. It seems like they're really leaning on Devontae to get more like closer to 20 carries where Tevin Coleman's only seeing like five or six. But the thing with Tevin Coleman is that he's so explosive that it, it kind of works out for him that he gets those because he makes such an impact. I also really like Sanu this week too. Um, he's been really consistent and just hasn't scored. And I think that it's very possible that he scores this week. Yeah, especially with Julio about to get Darius Slay. Who's played extremely well in that? Not Giants exactly game. an easy matchup, you know. Right. I love Julio, so I think he can own on any corner. But and he I certainly re- can. I really, I really do like this a new matchup. Um, let's move now. Buccaneers Vikings. You know, we talked about it. Xavier Rhodes is probably going to be on Mike Evans. I did mention this last week when we talked about Mike Evans playing against that Bears D, who has a good time with number one wide receivers. It doesn't take much for Jameis Winston to start looking at Mike Evans in the red zone. And if he can connect on one of those, this is a guy, Mike Evans had two touchdowns on Richard Sherman in Seattle last year in the first quarter. So, you know, it's a coin flip. Actually, I would even say that odds lean closer to Evans still having a pretty productive week, but it's certainly something you should watch because Rhodes did a great job against Antonio Brown last week. Yeah. I don't think you can really ever sit Mike Evans. 
No, he gets he gets too many targets, and, and he'll get force-fed to the point where if you give him enough 50-50 balls, if you give him 13 targets, he's going to come down with at least six. And if they're in the red zone, there's a very good chance he gets a touchdown. I think the most important thing to pay attention to in this game is Sam Bradford, right. obviously. We need to know his health. If he's out, I'm benching Thielen, I'm benching Diggs, I'm benching Rudolph, and I'm even pretty scared of Dalvin Cook. But if he plays, I think you can start all of them. And it's literally that drastic. If he sits... The Buccaneers' defense is a great choice. Yeah, I think I think they're one of the top streaming options with him out. I actually am not as negative about the skill position players if Case Keenum starts. He'll have more time to prepare. And as of right now, we really don't know. I don't think Mike Zimmer knows. I don't think Case Keenum knows. And I certainly don't know if Sam Bradford knows whether or not he's playing this week. So it's going to be something you should manage. If you're benching Diggs, Rudolph, and Thielen, I totally get it. The, the performance last week was less than inspiring. They do still want to keep Dalvin Cook involved. I don't hate it, especially if you're planning on starting Dalvin Cook as a flex or as your RB2 if you're if you're thin at the position. But just understand that his production is going to be a little bit less than if Sam Bradford were starting. It's not a perfect matchup for either running back Jaquiz Rogers or Dalvin Cook, but a lot of people are just in a situation where, you know, that's their running back and He's got to go out there. I mean, they're volume plays, and you know, I don't want to take Don's hosting job, but I think that we can move into another guy who's a volume play running back as we look at the Texans and the Patriots. Don't you dare um, take his job. <laughs> you know, Lamar Miller, what we talked about last uh, last episode, how we think that he'll uh, concede some carries to Deontay Foreman. He's still going to catch enough passes to keep himself relevant. I believe he's still a good play against the Patriots, who will kind of allow you to get those little dink and dunk passes in. Um, I think he'll be he'll be fine. And um, I think, uh, you know, obviously you're going to start DeAndre Hopkins, too, because even if he only, you know, he'll, he's going to get 16 targets or something crazy like that. Yeah, Absolutely. they just released Jalen Strong. So it, they're not even addressing the fact that they're, they're not trying to hide the fact that they're going to throw to Hopkins a lot. It's the, it's the only agenda they have, it seems. And it's yeah. the only path to uh, to somewhat glory. Are you guys nervous about anyone on the Patriots because of how good Houston's defense has, has looked so far? Um. No, because I am also buying into the Belichick versus a rookie quarterback narrative. You know, I, I the like rushing the... numbers for Watson being what they were. I wouldn't count on those if you're trying to stream him and get cute in DFS. I'm staying away from the Texans offense, like Scott said, outside of DeAndre Hopkins this week. Patriots, I think, you know, if Brady's playing the way he played against New Orleans, which I think it's more likely than he plays like that than how he played against Kansas City, I've got no problems with anybody. You go, you're throwing Gronk out there. We're assuming he plays. I haven't we need really to, heard anything. We need to pay close attention. Um, you we know, saw. we'll keep you guys posted on Twitter and stuff. But there's a lot of pass catchers in the questionable to probable range for the Patriots this week. But you know who's not? Brandon Cooks, James White. Oh, well, and, James and Brandon White Cooks. and Brandon Cooks, perfectly yep. healthy. Um, even Rex Burkhead got involved last week. So if you wanted to take a total shot, he's a flyer. Like, yep. Let but he's me. also one of the injured Patriots, so you got to be careful with him as well. Yeah, but they do want to get him working in the in the slot a little bit more, like you saw in that first quarter. And if he's you know healthy enough to play and healthy enough to stick to their script, then that's what we'll see. Also, not to spend too much time, we did see Gronk doing some agility drills on TV not too long ago. Yeah, he has a groin injury, and he was like hopping and like pulling his like, legs up. I literally said to Tom, like, it's impossible to do that and have a groin injury. Yeah, he was yeah. doing like mid-speed high knees. So yeah, I think I think he's gonna go this week. So a, a really interesting game that I honestly have no idea how to analyze or even pick a winner for. Perfect. Um, Seahawks and Titans. <laughs> you know, 
I, I know you can't really trust Seattle right now, especially with Jimmy Graham's injury. He's shut down. I think you need to look at a different tight end option until Graham produces, I don't know, over 20 yards receiving. Um, but I'm still rolling Russell Wilson out there. He's started slow. He's figured it out. Same thing with Doug Baldwin. I think you got to go with Chris Carson. He looked extremely right. good. He looked to take a stranglehold of that backfield towards the end of that 49ers game last week. So if you were lucky enough to get him on the waiver wire this week, you got to get him. Yeah, Chris Carson looks good. Um, someone else who looked good last week was Tyler Lockett. He, he sure did. He kind of came back. Yeah, he bit. did. And um, with Jimmy Graham out, I know they're not quite the same player, but there's going to be targets to go around. Maybe they can get that, that kind of speed going right if they can't block then they're gonna have to be quick all right they're gonna have to throw quick and lock it lock it is a great option to be able to throw quick and so is price precise if you're desperate at running back but i think i'd fade him for a little while i think this game's gonna be pretty ugly guys so oh, yeah. um the only two guys that i'm in on in this game are chris carson and actually derrick henry you read um, my mind he ran so hard last week and you know uh, Murray's lingering kind of hamstring problem. Don, hit us with he it. He didn't practice today. Right. Did so, not practice to Marco Murray. So here comes Derrick Henry getting those practice reps, which we've loved to talk about all year. And and he just looked really strong against what everyone thinks is a is a pretty good Jaguars deal uh, last week. Let's move to Bengals-Packers. We talked about this even in the week two recap. We're still holding out hope for uh, A.J. Green. I don't think you can start Tyler Eifert with confidence right now. Uh, we're ignoring the Bengals' backfield. For the Packers, on the other side of the ball, I think it's all systems go. Jordy Nelson practiced in full today. Right. Randall Cobb didn't, which is actually the reverse of what I was expecting. Me I too. thought Nelson was actually going to miss this week. Practicing in full on a Wednesday, they didn't even try to hold him out and get him rested. So I think he's going to be full systems go, which is a big uptick for Aaron Rodgers. It's probably a big uptick for Devontae Adams if Cobb continues to not practice. And I'm got, I'm dying on the hill. I think Martellus Bennett is gonna be a factor. Yeah, I mean he got 11 targets last week. I agree. I think I think you na- I really think you nailed this game, Don. Sorry to hog it all from you. No, but, uh, it's fine. We know you love the Packers. Ty Montgomery still good to go. Oh, Ty oh, Montgomery's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Time now for a great running back matchup: Kansas City Chiefs at the Los Angeles Chargers. I didn't say San Diego, <laughs> like some of the refs did in the game last week. Um, this is gonna be a great game. Division game, these two teams always play great games. I don't see Kansas City's defense taking over enough to make it not close by the end, but I do see Kareem Hunt in that finishing role again. And, I mean, this guy, he's he's been unbelievable so far. I don't see any way the Chargers actually end up slowing him down at all. Yeah, this is not the week that Kareem Hunt stops being awesome. Agreed. Every Andy Reid run Chiefs Chargers game has been dominated by the Chiefs running back, regardless of who it was, regardless of their skill position or their skill level. Let's say, right? Uh, it's been Charkandrick West, it's been Nile Davis, it's been Jamal Charles, it's been all these guys, any guy, Spencer Ware. Yep, we, we already forgot about him because Kareem Hunt is that good, and we're gonna forget about all those guys I just mentioned after this week. Kareem Hunt is gonna go bonkers. I think he's worth the price in daily, without a doubt. And because of that, we're gonna see. I think we're gonna start to see loaded boxes, which is great for Tyreek Hill because it's less people that can bottle him up. He might. He might if they're 
if they notice that the box is loaded, you might see him break out for one. Travis Kelsey down the seam was going to be can't, a great You pick. can't load the box on the Chiefs. You really can't. Because Alex Smith will be able to make the read and burn you. I think Alex Smith is, is streamable again now three weeks in a row. It's looking like he's actually starting to be like a possible every week starter as a quarterback. I just love the options that he has at his arsenal. And um, I also kind of like Hunter Henry this week in DFS. Well, uh, Scott, you are a Jets fan who is trying not to be a Chargers fan. So where do you see the Chargers going this week? <laughs> right. Yeah, I do love myself some Chargers. Um I mean, Keenan Allen's getting too much volume, and he just looks too good to not start. So you have to fire him up. Um, completely fine with you playing Rivers. He's looked very good this year, and I think that their offense is a little bit more balanced, which really actually makes him a lot better this year. Um, Melgo is awesome. Start him. And like I said, I like Hunter Henry and DFS strictly because the Chiefs, I don't know if they've figured out how to cover a tight end without Eric Berry yet. I like it. I do want to add, I think uh, a lot of people might be like, oh, why would we start Phillip Rivers versus the Chiefs? We're just going to glaze over that. The Chiefs are like a, they, they say like a bend, don't break, right? Right. And even in a tragic loss, this is a Phillip Rivers game. He will throw for a lot of yards. For sure. They're going to kind of let him do that. If he can eke out one or two touchdowns and get normal Phillip Rivers yards, you're not going to be disappointed with his performance. No doubt. Sunday night's game, two teams that you don't really see play a lot. Washington hosting the Oakland Raiders. Um, Big-time offensive matchup, I think. Kirk got right towards the end of that game against the Los Angeles Rams last week. Like I said, Derek Carr has looked like an even better player than he was when he was in MVP form last year. So, you know, we talked about the Cooper-Norman matchup ad nauseum. We love Crabtree. What else do you guys see coming out of this game? Um, I mean, you're going to fire up Marshawn for, you know, just how good he is on the goal line. Um, I think it's Pryor's week, finally. I really do think that this is the week where he scores a touchdown and him and Cousins really kind of start to lock in what I expected to be happening from week one. It's a good matchup for them with, with burnable corners and I think the talent will finally show through for Pryor. And I think that him and Cousins are the only guys that I'm giving a start to. Yep, yeah, uh, Rob Kelly's dealing with a, it's not a rib fracture, it's a uh, cartilage issue right. in his uh, ribs or chest cavity, what have you. So if he doesn't go, although he's day-to-day right now, you would want to load out some Ajay Pirine, especially maybe in Daily Fantasy if he's lower, like if his price is so low because they don't expect him to be the starter. That's a great strategy in Daily Fantasy in general. You want to because the prices come out so early, so right. the news comes out during the week. You can kind of exploit it. Yep. And either, Kelly did get an unlimited practice today. Okay. Nice. Either way, um, I'm not incredibly excited about either one of them for the matchup. But um, Rob Kelly has looked good. He just hasn't gotten those same opportunities. Chris Thompson has kind of been stealing them from him. So I think a good Rob Kelly game is around the corner because I think the Chris Thompson stuff is gonna trail off. Yeah, there's gonna be a regression to the yeah. mean there. I think you're right. Sunday night, Cowboys at Cardinals. This would be a lot better if David Johnson was playing and we got the David Johnson-Ezekiel Elliott matchup. Unfortunately, we don't. I think this is going to be a tough game for Carson Palmer. Hopefully, playing in the uh, University of Phoenix Stadium will help the Cardinals' offense because if they start slow like they did against the Colts, the Cowboys are going to bury them. If the Cowboys have as much cornerback issues, though, as they had last week, um, it's very possible that Carson Palmer actually ends up being able to accumulate yards just because of the matchup. I really, I'm, I'm not 
excited about Carson Palmer. I, I had him in a league and cut him, so you can see how excited I am. I do think that this is a week where Dak Prescott puts that heaping chip back on his shoulder from everyone, kind of talking smack about how poorly he played last week, which I didn't really personally didn't think he played that poorly. Um, love Jason Witten this week because of the attention that Dez is going to get from uh, Pat Pete. It's just a little too much for me. And I do think that this week is the week that Zeke breaks the end zone and gets his first touchdown. Yeah, I think it's a great week for Zeke. You're always going to pretty much start him. No I doubt. can't imagine uh, really ever sitting him. I think it's Legal worth mentioning uh, J.J. Nelson here. You know, you see right. Emmanuel Sanders, the resident speedster of uh, Denver. So he kind of opened that pathway up. So now we can kind of see, you know, hey, J.J. Nelson, resident speedster of Arizona, you know, maybe he can get a two-touchdown game or a one-touchdown game. Right. If he gets one touchdown, he's worth your investment. No doubt. So um, I think it's an interesting game for him. Obviously, you're going to load out Larry Fitzgerald, especially in your PPRs. He didn't have a great week last week, but I'm still encouraged. Me you too. Know, this, yeah. is a, this is a matchup where he could easily thrive. All Agreed. Right. And that'll do it. That'll wrap up our week three preview. Uh, we had a great week of welcoming back things. Tom, we welcomed you back. It's great to have you back. We also brought back our segments. We hope that all of you enjoyed them. Let us know what you think. I mean, you know, these are picks that we hopefully are going to use to help you guys win matchups and avoid so that they don't nuke your team. So let us know how we did over the weekend. We'll be on our Twitter accounts at RutzFF. Tom's at HillierFF. Scott's at WagsFF. I'm at WhySoSerious. Keep them coming. Keep those start sits start sits coming. We get a couple of we get a few of them every every Sunday morning. We're happy to help. We get a few of them every day. We really do. Um, so thank you for all those for getting those for all of you for getting those in. And we'll see you on the other side of week three. But until then, keep scoring. Under an hour. We did. It.